0: In an empty sanctuary. I don't know what that says, but but I I, th- I think it speaks a word of in- insecurity about me or something. But you have uh, alleviated my fears, and I appreciate that. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm particularly grateful to be in this place that Alan uh, normally assumes. Um, Alan and Tracy are special servants of God. They have given themselves to God in such a marvelous way, and I've had the opportunity to uh, watch along the way as they've gone from place to place and seen the effective ministry that they've done. So uh, truly, they are special to me, as I'm sure they are to you. I uh, promise you that today... You'll get home in time for Super Bowl. Okay, just <laughs> put yourself at rest. Um, I happen to uh, think about Super Bowl. You know that's a pretty big deal in America, isn't it? I, I remember back uh, years ago the first Super Bowl. You know how much a ticket to the first Super Bowl would cost? Most expensive ticket, twelve dollars. Of course gas was 23 cents but no it wasn't that cheap but uh you know we've come a long way super bowl had last year 190 million people view it can you believe that uh, and super bowl always is a special time to me uh because it is a carte blanche excuse to eat everything in sight <laughs> and uh, you know i'm i'm one of those that takes full advantage of it uh Last year, statistically, 1.3 billion chicken wings were consumed. 12 million slices of pizza, 139 pounds of avocado for guacamole. And this is the one that boggles me. Can you imagine what 8.2 million pounds of potato chips looks like? 52 million cases of beer says something. And 6% of those who stayed up and watched the Super Bowl called in sick for work the next day. (laughs) Well, something important is happening today. But the most important thing that happens isn't going to be the Super Bowl. It's going to be in places just like this today. People who have heard the call and claim of God on their lives to be people that make a difference in this world are gathering just like we're gathering right now. And the call and claim of Jesus is far more important than any Super Bowl score. Let me just ask you something. Do any of you remember who won the Super Bowl 10 years ago? One short decade ago. Anybody? Pittsburgh. (laughs) Pittsburgh won the Super Bowl, beat the Cardinals 27 to 23. Now, I'm sure at the time we watched that game, we thought that was pretty special. And yet none of us sat here really and called that uh, a statistic to mind uh, because, in the larger scheme of things, we know football is a game, it's not a life crucial decision. A lot of what we invest ourselves in, though, are things exactly like the Super Bowl. We consume our days by things that are ultimately of little significance. I was Touched by the children's sermon today, Brandy had taken the time to figure out how much time she had with her kids to be home before they left the nest and went out into the world and claimed their own life. I'm intrigued by relationships like that. You see, it's relationships like that that matter. It's the interactions where we invest ourselves in molding those around us, not just in our household, but in the world, trying to help them make sense of this life, the process of life, which is so overwhelming and, and, and such a struggle for so many in this world. How many people Do you know in the course of a week that are people who are living with their nose to the grindstone or trying to find a grindstone against which to put the nose if one would simply appear? And they have no sense of ultimate fulfillment. They have no ability to identify anything about what they do and who they are that they would say, we'll outlive them when their days end. How many people do you know? Well, I wonder how many people in this room go to work every day and come home and ask the question, What did I just do? What'll matter when I'm laid to rest about how I'm living in the world? You know, the oldest questions of religion are the questions, who am I, and why am I here? And you don't find those answers on the sheet of statistics having to do with productivity in the job place. Or you don't find the answer to those questions on the front page of the newspaper talking about how popular or powerful or Wealthy or influential somebody is. Ten years from now, all that seems to be important in our national life and in our world community will not be what we're consumed with because any given moment in time can focus us on something that consumes us but more often than not, it's not something that can fulfill us. That's why our scripture lesson today is so important. You'll remember that John's gospel pictures Jesus as being uh, one who came to teach and to fulfill and open life to people particularly john the theologian spends time talking about the issue of hunger and thirst and the sixth chapter of the gospel of saint johns talks a lot about bread and water begins with a story of jesus filling uh, the lives of people with a few loaves of bread and fish, which he multiplies and hands out, and they eat their fill and they have baskets left over. But let me ask you something were they still full the next day? Jesus understood that a loaf of bread and a glass of water will take the temporary hunger of life away, but he also knows that there's only one thing that sustains eternally, that fulfills not only the moment, but the rest of life and beyond. Jesus talks to those people whom he fed with the loaves and fishes, not that he particularly wanted to. In fact, he told the disciples to push out into the water, go to the other side, and he'd meet them there so they could escape the crowd. And they set out, and he begins to walk on the water, and they finally make it. Uh, After a rather uh, adventuresome boat ride, they make it to the other shore, and they find that the crowd figured out what they were doing. The crowd ran around the perimeter of the, the lake, and they met him there. And he says, in essence, I know why you followed me. You followed me because I gave you your fill. But he says what you just ate isn't what you need you see I fed you with a few fish and a little bread and in reality I am the one who can fill you with living bread bread to sustain the soul quench the hunger slake the thirst I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but to do the will of him who sent me. And the will of him who sent me is to give you life abundant and eternal to be for you that soul satisfaction that you can find nowhere else in the universe. Oh, we look in all the wrong places in an attempt to bring meaning to our own life. In fact, in answer to the question, who am I? A lot of people have a hard time believing that they really are a child of God. Either they think they don't need God or they think they're not worthy to have God be in their life and order their activities. They're not worthy to be called one who is a follower of Jesus. After all, he was perfect. We're not. We're not. But you know, when Jesus came down from heaven, he came with the good news, you are my beloved son or daughter. There's nobody in the universe, nobody in the universe that's loved more than you are loved. Now, you talk about profound. I don't know anything more profound than that. And you talk about something that satisfies the deepest longing of the human heart. My goodness, to realize that the God of all creation not only made us, but values us, loves us, and gives us a purpose that nothing can take away. Who am I? I'm the beloved child of God. And what am I to do? I'm simply to do what Jesus came to do for me. I'm one come to participate in that great mystery called God. Who seeks to share affirming love, forgiveness, renewal, hope, soul satisfaction, life in the truest sense with every person I meet. I told you God loves you as much as God's ever loved anyone. No one else is loved as much, but you know the corollary to that? There is not one person on the face of this earth today, no matter where they are, no matter who they are, no matter what they've been or done, no matter what they have achieved or not achieved, that's loved any less than I'm loved. How many people do you know that have no idea that they're beloved by their creator. I don't know about you, but when I was in pastoral ministry, I talked to people every week who confessed to me that despite the seeming trappings of life to which people seem to aspire, though they were present, they still had the sense that they weren't really living. I remember so well, uh, a young family that visited my church in a congregation up in the Metroplex area. They walked in, and I could tell that they really weren't familiar with what church was about. They were dressed to the nines, and I mean, they were physically beautiful people. A man, his wife, his junior high-age daughter, and they sat in that service. And as they came out, you know, sometimes... Preachers just have a little bit of the devil in them. I looked at them and I said, can I come see you this week? And they were like a deer caught in the headlights. And they said, yes. And so I called, I made an appointment, I drove out there. A gorgeous home. Literally, probably three quarters the size of this sanctuary. And I mean, you walk in, and there was original art everywhere, chandeliers, and they didn't come from the resale shop. I mean the accoutrements of wealth that you can just imagine. And I talked to them, and I asked, why'd you show up? And the daddy spoke for the family, and he said, well, we showed up because our daughter came home from school asking about God, and we didn't know what to say. And so we sat, and over the course of about a month, I did a quasi-confirmation class for all three of them. We talked about the major tenets of the faith. We talked about the purpose of life. We talked about what grace looked like and how every one of us were in need of that. To make a long story short, they joined the church by professing their faith. And about three or four months after that, I got a call, and it was the wife from this family that said, Eric, I need to tell you that my husband's in the hospital. And she named the hospital, gave me the room number. She didn't ask me to go see them, but I knew what needed to happen. And I went, and I walked in the room, and there... He was on the bed, and she was sitting in a chair. There wasn't anything in that, no flowers, no cards, no nothing. And I went again and again and again, and he was discharged from home, but the last day I saw him before he went home, I asked him, it appears to me that there's no expression of, love in this room except from your wife and daughter do you have friends no And I said talk to me about that you, you don't have any neighbors or friends that know you're here to care about you to reach out to you and he said no and I said what, why do you think that is and he said because I learned early in life, if I was going to get what I wanted in life, I couldn't trust other people. Now that's heartbreaking. Do you think God created us to live in a vacuum? Can you imagine Jesus, the Son of God, walking among people, knowing what life was about, knowing that the love of God is meant to be shared, is meant to be shown, is meant to be lived? And in relationships with God at the center, we find the only purpose for our being. and then not share it with others. I'm convinced, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, that when I die, nobody, well, with the exception of Jane maybe, nobody will remember a thing I said. But they're going to remember that I lived toward them to the best of my ability, just like Jesus has lived toward me. Today we'll receive communion and we will take a piece of this bread. But as you do, don't miss the fact This is not just bread. This is living bread. It's Christ himself who invites us to accept him into our lives, to live like him toward all we meet, not just love those that love us, not just love those That we might not know, but who pose no threat to us, but even to love those who think differently than we think. You see, it's in being the disciples of Jesus, living with that living bread inside of us, that the ultimate hunger of the human heart finds its fulfillment. Remember Jesus. He said, I'm the one sent down by God. I'm the living bread. Believe in me. Live as I've taught you. And you too will live forever. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. May it be so today and always. Amen.